the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Spiritual Circumcision, next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Join us. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Welcome to the program today. We find ourselves looking at Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. There's a circumcision that takes place, interesting enough, just before they go to battle. But there's a spiritual side to all of this that you and I should take note of today. And God willing, we'll do just that. Join us, Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 9, with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. From the well here in Livermore, California, our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourselves, and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. Now watch that. He says the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the heel of the foreskin. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males and all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people who, who were men of war and who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. Obedience is critical for all of us in this room to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord uh, had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, watch this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is Gilgal to this day. Therefore, the name of the place is Gilgal or rolling or rolled away to this day. Now, when we're talking about circumcision, we're talking about the removal of excess flesh, excess flesh, that which is unnecessary, okay? The removal of flesh or that which is unnecessary. And this was given to Abraham as a sign of the covenant that he had with God. God told him to circumcise all the males to remove the excess flesh and to release them into their purposes as God had called them out of bondage and into into victory and glory. 
It was a type and a shadow physically of what happens to us spiritually when we come to Christ. It is a type and shadow physically of what spiritually happens to people when they come to Christ. According to Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, all of us, when we come to Christ, Christ administers a spiritual circumcision on us. And what it basically is, it is the removal of the flesh, the power of the flesh in our life, and that which causes destruction in our life through the fallen nature that we possess through Adam. And so God takes away the power of flesh in our lives and he gives us his spirit and his grace to overcome it and so we have to realize that christ jesus wants to administer spiritual circumcision on our life which is the removal of that which is unnecessary in our lives he crucifies the flesh he takes away the excess that which is unnecessary any longer in our life he takes away that which can can uh, can hinder process and reproduction god wants us to have freedom in our lives so he takes away the flesh and he teaches us to walk in the spirit amen that we might not fulfill the lustful desires of our flesh how many happy about that that god just wants to deliver us from flesh fleshly thinking and fleshly motives and fleshly desires and through Christ Jesus he he administers this on us and then he empowers us to continue continually live beyond our flesh to walk in the spirit and what they experience in the natural is what we experience in the spirit and this is a sign this is one of the signs of a, of the covenant that God gives us power over the flesh that when you come to Christ, the things that you could not do in your own strength, now you're able to do them through him. God gives you power over lust. He gives you power over fear. He gives you power over hatred and wrath and jealousy, unforgiveness. He gives us power over this, and he teaches us that we do not need the flesh to function and operate the old carnal nature. When I say flesh, I mean the old carnal nature to operate in our lives. Now, we know that this is a process, this is a process. When Christ, when we come to Christ Jesus, it is a process. It is a new beginning. We have been born again. It's not the ending, but it is the beginning of a process whereby God teaches us how to, to, to walk in His Spirit under the inspiration of His Spirit to allow the new nature to, to reveal itself through us, to become individuals who are mighty in battle and strong within because of the nature and character of Jesus Christ. And it is a process and with this process, God gives us help because sometimes we don't see things about ourselves like other people may see them. Amen. Because we have a tendency because of the flesh to see ourselves a little better than we really are. And so God uses people in our lives. He uses instruments to help us in this process. And in Joshua chapter five, verse two to nine, we see something here that is going to really help us. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt, the people, the, 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 the men of war and of valor are circumcised and they're coming out. But as they're going through the wilderness, they have a responsibility. Number one, to be obedient to God. To be obedient to God. These are leaders in Israel. They have a responsibility to be obedient to God. But not only do they have a responsibility to be obedient to God, they have a responsibility to circumcise their children. Now watch this. They have a responsibility to circumcise their children. They have a responsibility to remove the excess flesh so that the children can go on fulfilling the purposes of God. 
And I believe that God is speaking to us today because what happened with these individuals, instead of them, number one, being obedient to God, and then number two, circumcising their children, what they did was they disobeyed God and they neglected their responsibility to be a help to those who were under them. Oh, glory to God. So the circumcision, they had a responsibility to help in the process of these people's development. And I believe this is a picture of what is happening in the body of Christ that needs to change. Is that we have individuals that are in the church or or maybe in the pews or even in the pulpit. And our responsibility is not just to make people feel good and not just to, you know, make sure our churches are packed or we're doing this. Number one, our responsibility is to be obedient to God. Whatever God tells us to do, especially in leadership, to be obedient to God. But then it is our responsibility to help people to do away with their flesh or that which is unnecessary. It's our responsibility to help people as they're going through this process of circumcision. As God is is trying to do away with the flesh. God wants to raise up help leaders who will help in this process so that people can be freed from demons, but most importantly, freed from fleshly desires and things that will help or impede their walk. And so we pick this story up here in verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the Lord. To whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers. That he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place. For they they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. Because they refuse to take hold of their responsibility to be obedient and then to remove the the excess flesh, the excess flesh, God had to raise somebody up who was willing to do it. And I believe this is what's happening in the body of Christ right now. This message is prophetic. What I'm saying to you is prophetic right now. This is what is happening in the body of Christ right now. For so long, we've had individuals who have led people to Christ, have told them about Jesus, have brought them to the church, have talked to them about the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. But we haven't had enough leaders who are willing to deal with people's flesh. <laughs> we haven't had enough individuals who are willing to deal with flesh issues fleshly conditions fleshly attitudes fleshly mindsets so god is allowing people to be set aside and he's raising up a generation of soldiers and warriors who understand their responsibility to be obedient to god no matter what the cost and then to get down and dirty with people amen to help them come through situations and circumstances so that they can become powerful in God and that their flesh is removed and now they're walking in the Spirit like a true Christian should walk. Amen? Like they're walking in the Spirit and they're not fulfilling the lustful desires of their flesh. Because they refused to take hold of their responsibility, God allowed them to wander and then to die off. 
He raised up a person. And I believe that he's raising up a company of people. Multitudes of people. He's raising up a Joshua generation. And they're willing to not only deal with the blessing of God, but also to deal with people's flesh. So that which is unnecessary can be removed so people can experience freedom in their life. And this is what Joshua did. He was raised up for such a time as this, and he was used mightily to help these people go forth and experience all the blessing of the promised land. And so it takes, so, so one of the things that we have to do is we have to look and see, are we in a church where, where, where the pastors, the leadership, the people are, are willing to deal with people's flesh? Are we in a position where we just allow people to do whatever they want to do, talk all they want to talk, and live fleshly lives and come to church and still praise God and, and nobody cares about it? Or will we have leaders who will stand up and teach people how to get in the Spirit? Amen? How to live their life in the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit, talk in the Spirit, enjoy the blessing of, of living a life in the Spirit of God. This is what He wants to do. And it's not just going to happen. God says that we need help. And in this situation, these people needed help and God raised somebody up. And I believe this is what, what is going on right now in America and all over the world, that God is raising up help. So that when people are looking at their Christian life, they're not discouraged anymore, struggling with the same things. Some may be demonic, but some may just be fleshly things that need to be overcome. But God is raising up people who are willing to put their finger on, this, on the issue and say, this is what we got to deal with. You got to get out of the flesh, man. You're in the flesh. And teach people the difference between being spiritual and being carnal. Being spiritual and then walking in the spirit. How to teach people how to overcome selfish desires and things that hinder the move of God. I know it's a process, but God raises up people who are willing to, to do their, their job and take hold of their responsibility to help people to overcome their flesh. Because in this situation, we see the people who were raised up to do it, they refuse to do it. So God is raising up soldiers who are willing not only just to preach the blessing and the love of God, but are also willing to deal with people's flesh. It's one thing, and I say this often, it's one thing to catch a fish, it's another thing to clean it. Sometimes it gets stinky and dirty and, and you, you, you start touching stuff that you don't want to touch. And, and sometimes when you're having conversations with people, it, you don't like to hear what you're hearing, but you've got to deal with it because people are dealing with it and people are struggling and people need help how to overcome my flesh and how to get over this thing. I know I messed up in the past, but here I am now. I'm trying to get my life right. I need help with this. And sometimes we've got to sit down and get dirty with people and say, okay, now how are we going to get through this? God's going to bring you out of this. Amen. But let me teach you how to walk in the Spirit so that you do not fulfill the lustful desires of your flesh. Now, there are three tools that we're going to need if we're going to see this done and see it done effectively so that the body of Christ and every person that is in this room is walking in the Spirit. The first thing that we need as a tool as we need the word of God, go to Hebrews chapter 2, chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 12 to 13. You know these scriptures, but let's take a look here. We're going to teach people how to walk in the spirit that they may not fulfill the lustful desires of their flesh. Number one, we need God's word. And God's word is a tool, not only in his hand, but in the hand of those who he sent to be help in our lives. 
It says here in verse 12, Hebrews 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his, eye, from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And so the first tool that we're going to need if we're going to see people get, get out of the flesh and learn to walk in the Spirit is we need a healthy dose of the preaching and teaching of the studying of the Word of God. Because the Word of God is an instrument. It is a tool that God uses to change our lives. And He uses it as a mirror to show us areas in our life where we still may be walking in the flesh. And He uses it also to cut away things that are unlike Him. The Word of God is is two-edged. It cuts, but at the same time, it heals. So God uses it as an instrument in our life. And we need people who, who are helped to us. We need them to bring us we need them to bring us the word of God. And this is critical because a lot of times when we, we're dealing with people who are walking in the flesh and whatnot or are going through situations or, or just will refuse to turn in these areas, we have a tendency to allow pity and other things to, to, to get the best of us. And we refuse to tell people the word of God because the answer is found in the Bible. Amen. Every answer, every question, everything you need to know about your life. I mean, this Bible will tell you about your past. It'll tell you about your present, and it will tell you about your future. The Word is alive. It is quick. It is active. It is full of energy. It will work in our lives. But we need the preaching of the Word of God. We need the teaching of the Word of God. A lot of times we go places and people just want to tell stories and tell jokes and and try to make everything so, you know, so earthly. And this is one of the things that I have a problem with. I mean, we can try to make things so... um, you know, we have, well, it was, so, it, it was so easy to receive. It was so easy to receive. Well, you know, a lot of things that Jesus said were not easy to receive. I mean, when he called the Pharisees hypocrites, I, I'm sure they weren't praising the Lord about it. He called them vipers and snakes, and John the Baptist, he called them, you know, told them, what are you doing here? Basically, who warned you of the judgment to come? When the first disciples came to follow Jesus, he turned around and looked at them and asked them, what are you seeking? What do you seek? And so sometimes Jesus has things that say that aren't very, they're not, they're not going to feel good. And sometimes God will bring people into our life to say things that don't necessarily feel good, but they're necessary to deal with our flesh. And sometimes it is, it is an opportunity. It, God is showing us through sinning people, he's showing us that we are still in in the flesh by our response to them can you believe what he said he tried to tell me that i had pride in my heart i don't understand how anybody i don't have any pride look at me i can't believe it how dare they say that i'm not going back to that church ever again trying to tell me fornication was wrong you know i got to handle my business every now and then and people start getting in the flesh and, and justifying their stuff and justifying filth and attitudes and, and mindsets and conditions and justifying stuff that's going on in their lives and in their heart. And, and it is a sign that people are still in the flesh. 
But the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's living, it's active, it's breathing. It, it gets down into our situation. And it, it is a discerner of the thoughts and very intense of our heart. And so we need the word of God to be preached, the entire book to be preached, because the word of God is going to cut away things and God is going to use people to preach the word of God to cut away things in our lives that are unnecessary. And Joshua, he took the, he took the flint in his hand and he began to do work. And we need people who are willing to take the word of God, which is a hammer that breaks rocks into people. We need the word of God to be released because what it's going to do, when it's, and when the atmosphere is saturated, we get in, it's going to start cutting away things that are unnecessary in our lives. Amen? And we need this. He didn't neglect his responsibility. He didn't put it off through his disobedience and his rebellion. He said, listen, it's my responsibility. This is what God is telling me to do. We've got to cut this away. And I believe that God is raising up pastors and leaders who have a willing heart to do this even though it can be painful it can be painful to hear some of the things that people have to say it can be painful to look at ourselves in the mirror it can be painful it can be painful to look and be reading a scripture and then all of a sudden the word just jumps out and god says that's you how many been there before you you just knew god was saying oh then you went to the book of Psalms and it was confirmed over there too. You can't run from this. It's all through the book. Then try to go to Proverbs and then you really found some stuff. You say, well, I'm going to go to the Song of Solomon. Y'all find something in there that'll make me feel good. Bam, you're in there. And... I mean, and, and so the word of God, it is necessary. But when God cuts away, he cuts away and then he heals. And then those same verses that he used to help to convict and bring a change, now they bring healing and confirmation that our life has been changed. And so this is what we want to do. This is the first tool that, we're, that we need and that people should have when they're coming to minister to us. The next thing is found in Titus chapter 2. Let's go to t- Titus chapter 2. If someone is going to help me, and, if, and as God is trying to help me, I, I'm looking for three things. Number one, the word of God. Number two, we're going to see here, is godliness. I'm looking for godliness, godlikeness. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. And so the next thing that we, that we need is, is a tool is when people are coming to, coming to us, and this is what Paul, Paul experienced in his personal life, and this is what he was telling Titus about if when a person comes to help us we should examine their life to see if we can detect godliness within them because it's one thing for me to come to you and want to change your situation and my situation is all messed up because we have a lot of that going on and so if a person is going to come to me and bring help like Joshua came to help them, as a person's coming to bring help, number one, I should, they should have the word of God. Number two, I should sense that this person is a godly person. I, I should sense that this person is a godly person. Because if this person is not a godly person, then this, it, there, is a, there is a chance that this person can mess up 
while trying to help me. Amen? And so for us, we want to make sure that when people are coming to help us, that these individuals are living godly lifestyles. Because not everybody is qualified to do the surgery. Amen? And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925 925- 292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well. But at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.